Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 4. If you want to title your notes, just go to the top and title it, Coming Alive in Your Own Skin. I want to talk today about coming alive to who God made you. I know sometimes it can be easy, especially in an Instagram world, to get your eyes on someone else's prize. To get our eyes on someone else's wins and victories and start to be unenamored about our own. I want to talk today about how God wants us to come alive to who we are and the design he put on our lives and what he's placed before us. And I believe there's power when you own your own skin. There's power when you own what God put inside of you. And when you take the pressure off of yourself to become something you're not, and instead you start building who you are, God starts to work the clay, starts to make the beautiful structure and creativity that he designed to make. So let's read with, read with me in your Bible in Romans chapter 12, verse number 4, just to set the context of today. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we through many, or though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. Everybody say different. Growing up, I knew I was different. Y'all know that about yourself? I knew there's something different about me. We have different gifts. According to the grace given to each of us, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. But each of us have different gifts. Come on, one more time. Remind yourself, say, I'm different. I'm different. Hey, we're in a series at the movies. And today, we're going to be going to what I believe was some of the foundation of all of our childhood we're going back to Toy Story. And you may ask, which Toy Story are we going to? Obviously, the OG, number one, baby. Number one. Because this, I don't know about you, but growing up, when I watched this movie, as a kid, I started questioning my toys. And be like, okay, what y'all doing when I leave the room? Come on, let's admit it for a second. As a child, did you ever go back in your room and take a peek? Being real quiet. Seeing if the army men really did their thing and skittered around the floor. I was checking out my toys. Because, you know, it's one of those things when you're a kid, it's just, it comes alive and the imagination takes over. But I love Toy Story and I love the journey that Woody takes. And so let's watch the first clip just to set up the day. And we're looking into Andy's room, one of the most magical places. So let's go there, Andy's room. Come on. Such a good movie. 
You got a friend in me. I love Andy's room because it really sets up the whole premise of who everybody is. And Andy sets, is going through this stage in life, and I'm sure as a kid you went through these stages of wanting to be something when you grew up. And we see Andy here wanting to be a cowboy. And so everything was the cowboy theme. And Woody was the hero. Sometimes in our life, we can grow up with these things as a child. I mean, I think back to when I was a kid, and if you would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a detective. When I was a small child, I had this action figure, and it was a Dick Tracy action figure. Now, I understand I'm aging myself, but I remember Dick Tracy, and he had the cool talking watch, and he would always talk back to the headquarters and then do his thing. And I thought, that is it. I want to be Dick Tracy when I grow up. And we go through these stages in life where, you know, we want to be something as a child. We want to be something when we grow up. And then we move on and we get a little older. And all of a sudden we start realizing, I remember as a kid, I wanted to be, you know, in the NBA. And then I got a little older and realized I'm not good enough to be in the NBA. And I probably won't be in the NBA. And so we start having these stages of our life where we realize we're not what we thought we were. And life isn't set up for us the way we thought it was. We go through a stage and all of a sudden you're like, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Or a failure happens in your life and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm not immortal. Life is going smooth and then it takes a turn. And we see in the movie that Woody is living his best life with Andy into Cowboys. But then... A spaceship happens to come in and ruin Woody's perfect world. So check it out when Buzz shows up on the scene. This is a total picture of a lot of our story where we have life in order and all of a sudden someone or something comes and takes our place. And we, we come into this time where our eyes are on someone else's glory, or someone else's prize. How many have ever been there? And it's so easy, again, in the Instagram world to get our eyes on someone else, but then it becomes something where we don't follow our identity and path. Now we start to focus on something else. I want to encourage and remind you in this room that the Lord has a specific plan for you to walk that is not like anyone else's. And so you can't define your story by someone else's glory. You must lean into what God wants to write in your chapter, in your book. If you're so focused on someone else's story, you might miss the whole premise of what God wants to do in you. I think about poor Woody. Here he had a spot on the bed, and now all of a sudden Buzz takes over. And if you watch the rest in the movie, we see how Andy starts to move from cowboys to space rangers. And now he's all into space rangers, and it totally shakes up Woody's world. And at some point in our lives, this happens to us, where what we thought was life now becomes something that we're navigating through. And what we thought was love now brings pain. What we thought was security 
now we feel vulnerable because something happened that took our place. Something happened that shook up our world. And what it does is it causes our eyes to get off of the grand design and onto now the different designs all around us. And we get caught up and infatuated in other designs that we weren't meant to be. And no one can take our place. But sometimes we get so caught up. But, but Paul says to the Romans, you've all been given different gifts. And he talks about the body of Christ as body parts. And he says, if we were all one body part, then the function of the church wouldn't be. Think about it, if we were all on the worship team, and that nothing would make Sean happier. But if we were all on the worship team, who would break the barriers for those that have been hurt by the church and need greeted at the door? Who would do that if we were all on the worship team? And if we were on the worship team, who would be making the lights go crazy? And the lyrics so people could understand what we're doing here. What we're focusing our worship on. Who would take care of our kids and raise up the next generation of leaders and prophets and revivalists? The next governors, the next people are going to be in leadership. Come on, who would do that? And Paul talks about the body of Christ being all these different pieces that are so important to the body of Christ. But if you're so focused on something else, you'll never live out your full purpose as a part of the body. And God has a specific design for every single one of us. I want to ask you today a simple question. What is your gift? What has God placed inside of you that's unique to you? And, and listen, listen, America's got it turned upside down. Because when we say gift, it's defined as pony show. What can you do that's better than everybody else? What can you perform? I'm not talking about performance gifts. I'm talking about the Lord put in you, your power. Some of us, we don't look at listening as a gift. But let me tell you, I've talked to a lot of people who don't have the gift of listening, and I understand it's a gift. There are people that are very gifted that I know if I talk to, they are ears to heart. They are leaned in, ready to minister to the depths of what you're saying. And there are others that are just listening so they can respond. It's a gift. There's a gift. There's a gift in wisdom. Some of you, I talk to you, and, and your response to a situation, a response to what's going on in the church, or you give an idea of what we can do and create, and it's like, wow, what wisdom. It's funny because we went through this gift assessment with our teams, and we found out that me and Ashley are very big dreamers, and we're out there with our thoughts, and, and we have Doc on our team, which is a discerner. And Sean, which is a discerner. And so we realize that we need people around us. We need the gifts of the body of discernment to come in and say, hold on, let's ask a couple questions before we reach for the stars. Okay? I understand we want to go big. We want to, we want to jump through hoops. We want fiery flames and hanging from scaffold. You know, we want all the things, all the lights, cameras, action. But let's ask a couple questions before we get there. It's so vital that we have all of the pieces of the body of Christ together to make this thing work. 
And that's why groups are so important, because guess what? You don't have all the gifts you need. You need others with their gifts to come around you and support what you don't know, what you don't have. The battle becomes to not get fixated on their gifts, but to enhance yours. Don't look at my gifts and covet them. Covet your own. Get get your own and refine them, sharpen them, make them something great. Because if you don't, there's a danger that you come down with imposter syndrome. Uh, Can we just talk about imposter syndrome? Because I I believe we all struggle with it at some point in our lives and to different depths and degrees. But that feeling of not feeling good enough and feeling like you're the imposter in the room. Like if you were gone, it'd probably work better. If there's someone else to fill your role, they would probably do it better. If there were another man who came into my home and fathered my kids, they'd probably do it better. I mean, how many of you have ever had those thoughts run through your head? At my job, if somewhere else were leading this organization, then it would probably go smoother. They'd be more strategic. They would do things better. But I'm here to tell you that your gifts are yours for a reason, and God wants to use them because he has you in a specific role for a reason. I mean, I think all throughout the Bible, and I think through uh, the people that were placed in leadership that you never would have put there. Ever. You have a Daniel, right, who who came and, and helped lead the nation, but before, Daniel was just a man of prayer. He didn't have any crazy gifts. He wasn't leading any organizations. He wasn't the leader in the religious realm. He wasn't. He was a man of God who was the Bible. This is all the Bible defines him as the man of God who prayed three times a day by his window. That was his habit. And yet the Lord saw the gift of hearing his voice. The Lord saw the gift on his heart of discernment, to discern the room, to discern what was happening, to discern with wisdom. And God chose him. I think of Esther. Who would have ever put their money on Esther to lead a nation. She was a beauty queen girl, okay? Nothing against cute girls, but, you know, you probably wouldn't put her as like, you know what? She's going to lead the nation. She's going to be bold. But God chose her because he knew something was inside of her that wasn't in anybody else. And so he needed her for that role. And I think about you and your story. You're in a specific role for a reason. You are leading those kids for a reason. You are friends with that group for a reason. You're at that job for a reason. We have new neighbors that just moved in beside us for a reason. I have to think that because the Lord doesn't do anything by accident. Never is he like, oops. Never. Never. And in our eyes, we see the oops. We're like, oh, Lord, why'd you do that? Or why'd you put me here? Why'd you do that? And yet the Lord has a grand plan that we cannot see. We can't see it. We are not God, yet we can trust him. We can trust him because he never calls out of us what he doesn't put inside us first. Right? He never calls us to places that he doesn't go with us. And so we realize this is that when we lean into him, we can deal with the feelings of not feeling like you're enough. You can deal with the imposter syndrome when you understand who designed you for that role. 
and then nothing's by accident. Uh, look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. This describes it so well. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 9. It says, for we are co-workers in God's service. Come on, somebody say co-worker. <laughs> you know what that means? Is that the Lord isn't the boss man calling the shot. He is, don't get me wrong, but he is not the boss that is removed. He is a co-worker with you. Uh, that means that he doesn't send you by yourself. You are not leading your home by yourself. You're not leading that relationship by yourself. You're not doing that job by yourself. You're not serving in this church by yourself. You're not, you're not doing it by yourself. God is a co-worker with you. Jesus said, I'm going to my Father, but I'm sending you something. Woo! I'm sending you someone that's going to empower you, walk beside you, counsel you, remind you. Come on, somebody. We are not alone. You may feel alone, but you're not alone. Can I encourage you on this Father's Day? You might feel alone, but you are not alone. The Heavenly Father, the Good Father walks with you, and He works with you. <laughs> He's not saying, okay, go, 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 go. And He's like, all right, ready? We're going to do this together. Let me help you because you can't push this mountain out of the way. I got to help you. I'm a co-worker in God's service. You are, you are God's field, God's building. Check this out in verse 10. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Let me remind you of your foundation you're standing on today. It is not anything that's going on in the world right now. It's not what was holding up 95, okay, somebody? Come on. It, the foundation you stand upon is Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross and the power that rose him from the dead. Come on, now lives in me. That's the foundation you're building upon. It's Jesus Christ. That's the power you're loving with. When you give someone goodness, when you give someone joy, when you give someone encouragement, when you prophesy, when you speak in Jesus' name, you are speaking from a foundation that is solid, foundation of power, not something that is shaky or shifty. You are speaking from a foundation of Jesus Christ. Woo! Be reminded of that today. You are not standing on just planet earth you are standing on the throne room of heaven and what jesus did come on so i laid a foundation but i can't lay it on anything that wasn't already there and the foundation i laid on is jesus christ anyone builds on a foundation using gold silver costly stones wood hay or straw their work will be shown for what it is but the day will bring it to light it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work verse 14 if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss and yet will be saved, even though only one has uh, escaped through the flames. Check out verse 16. This is, brings it all together. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? All right. Now we see Buzz and Woody kind of getting along, and now we see their neighbor kid, Andy's neighbor, Sid. He's taken over, 
And look what happens in the, for, in the face of calamity. So play nice. Did you forget how much you love Toy Story? <laughs> I stick and love this movie. What a picture of what the church is. I wanted us to get a picture of what the church can be when we all use our gifts. Legs. I love Legs. It's probably my favorite character. But you think of all the unique gifts that are in this room currently. All the gifts that are part of this church. All the people who are on the teams. And I think about this scenario in, in particular of thinking about all of those that are trapped by the enemy in, in, in places of isolation, in places of feeling the, the weight of feeling trapped. And yet here we are as the body of Christ saying, how can we reach those that are lost? And you know what it is? It comes down to this. Every one of us coming alive to our gifts. That's you coming alive to your gift of loving well. It's you coming alive to your gift of being excellent in some way. It's you coming alive to what God has put inside of you. And as we all work together, we are better together. We're better together. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, 2 Timothy chapter 1 says, For this reason I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God, the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And then you jump down to verse 14. It says, guard the good deposit. <laughs> guard the good deposit. You say, Elijah, I don't feel like I'm everything I need to be. Guess what? You're not. You're not. You have a deposit inside of you that God has placed there that you got to keep guarding. Because as you keep going, Holy Spirit keeps depositing something more inside of you. I wish I had a piggy bank right here just to show, like, putting change in. Deposit, deposit, deposit. Does that mean you have the full thing? No. That means you have enough for the next step. It means you have enough for the next day. It means you have enough for the next season. God deposited something in you, and your job is to guard it, to fan into flame the gift that's already there. You say, I don't know everything. You don't, but you know enough to make that next step. You say, well, it's scary. I understand that. But together, that's why we do life together. Because the things you don't know, I'm going to step in and help you. Things I don't know, you're going to say, hey, Elijah, let, let, let me walk alongside of you. Let me help in that place where you're weak. They say that's the greatest way of growth is to surround yourself with what you can't do. Excel in what you know, fan into flame the gift of God on your life, and surround yourself with the rest. Because all your job is to do is to guard the deposit. Check it out. It keeps going. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. And it, even today, uh, turning our hearts to a heart of gratitude to say, Lord, thank you for what you've already given me. How would that change our perspective on our lives? If every day we woke up and we just said, Lord, thank you for what you've already done. Man, thank you for my family. Thank you for my health, where I'm at currently, what I get to lead, who I get to love, that you entrusted me with these individuals in my life. Because every one of us have different people that we are called to love and serve and give to. 
And so just turning that into, God, thank you for entrusting me with this gift. He said, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. As long, and this is what I believe, as long as we focus on loving ourselves, we move farther away from actually loving ourselves. But when you start to turn your love outwards, when you start to turn your love towards Him, the greatest commandments, turn your love towards Him and turn your love towards others, then you find the love for yourself. Because when you start to serve others above yourself, you start to realize the deposit God put inside of you. Like, wow, I, I really am good at being a friend. I'm good at serving people. If I, if I melted everything away and I just came down to what the Lord placed inside of me, I, I love people well. I love to love people. If you're around my wife, you know, she is one of the most life-giving people. My life is what attracted me to her. Everywhere she goes, she's just speaking life, speaking life, speaking life. It's encouragement in the room. It brings up the I'm like, girl, I don't know how you do that all the time. Sometimes I just want to complain. <laughs> I just need a day. You know, I just, I just need a moment just to be like, you know, no, actually life sucks right now. You know, and just, no, life's good. Life's good. It's her gift. And, and I wonder what happened if we just became grateful for what the Lord has placed inside of us and said, Lord, thank you. Let me fan it into flames. Let me make it better. Let me go after with all my heart. All right, last clip. We see now Buzz and Woody and Andy is moving. So they're in the moving truck. Remember the scene? They're in the moving truck. They're getting away. They're almost in the back of the truck. And then the dog lets go. Check it out. Falling with style. I want to encourage someone as we close today that that which is strapped to you that looks like destruction, that thing that the enemy meant for evil can be the thing that elevates you to soar. Sometimes we look at different seasons of our life like it's the end or like it's a detour or like it's some type of like mistake on God's part. But I'm here to tell you that that thing that the enemy meant for destruction is actually to elevate you to a new level of thinking and seeing. It's to elevate you to a new form of like pushing through to see the gifts that God has given you. I think about Buzz in that moment of just like being like, nope, not today, pushing the, the wings, reminding of the gift that was inside of him, the, the deposit that was there all along. And I wonder what, what it's inside of you that God wants to remind you, hey, I put that inside of you for this time. I think about all the hard times that we've been through as a family or as a couple, and we'll face it, and I'm reminded again and again and again when I get in his presence and my eyes are on him, he reminds me, look what I did in that season so that you could handle where you're at right now. Look at your story. Look at the things I'm taking you through so that when you get with that person who needs that love, needs that healing, you know what to say because I've deposited something in you to use that thing that's trying to take you down is actually to elevate, to soar. And I'm here to talk to somebody today because I know it's Father's Day. And for some of you, this is a day to forget. It's a day that brings pain. It's a day that reminds of something. But can I tell you that the Father wants to use this thing in your life, 
your story, your chapter. He wants to use it to bring healing that couldn't be there without it. Because the Holy Spirit, what he does is he comes alongside and he surrounds. The Bible said he binds up all our wounds so that we can be healed. And in that, I think about all the times in the Bible when the Lord used that which looked like destruction for something great. Daniel, he looked at the lion's den as a place for God's power to be revealed and elevate Daniel to a place of leadership to lead a nation to Jesus. Come on. Joseph, he used the prison, an opportunity to step into the palace. Esther used the crisis to save an entire generation of her people. David used the battle with Goliath to show God's power and win the battle. Come on, somebody. Moses, he used the ocean as an opportunity to walk into freedom. And we can't forget Jesus Christ, who looked like he was in destruction on the cross, and yet God used it to set all mankind free from the bondage of sin. That which tries to destroy you, God is using to elevate you. <laughs> I'm here to remind you, use that flame inside. Fan it up, get it hot, light it up, do what you need to do to remind yourself to guard the deposit. Don't look at anybody else's flame, you guard your own. Don't look at my fire, you, and, you fan and flame your own fire. Come on, don't look at my marriage. Get encouraged, but do it on your own. Get, get your kids in shape. Like, do your work. Fan and flame your gifts. There's dreams that are not yet dreamt in this room. There are gifts that are not yet tapped into in this room. And I'm just here to encourage you. What does the Lord want to do in this season in your life? What does he want to do through you? Who does he want to reach? I think about all the people right now in my life right now that the Lord wants me to reach, to invite to the kingdom of heaven. Who do you have? Who's around you? Who do we have? That the Lord is saying, hey, use that deposit. Guard what is there. Come on. I want you to love like I love. Serve like I serve. Give like I give. And I believe that one by one, we're going to see this city come to Jesus. How many believe it? Y'all believe it? Y'all believe it? Come on, one by one, we're going to fill these chairs with those that need Christ. Those that need a Savior. Those that need to be reminded of who they are as children of the King. Lord, break us. Lord, show us. Deposit that fire in us that we would see like you see, Father. That we would become the body of Christ, not fixated on everybody else's gift. But Lord, come in alive to what you place inside of us. Can you just make that a personal prayer today? Say, Lord, remind me of my gift. Oh, Lord, that you would remind me of my gift. Remind me of what you deposited in me. That we wouldn't be caught up in the imposter syndrome of feeling like we're not enough, but we'd understand that you inside of us is everything. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. I want to encourage you to do three things this week. Three things to align ourselves with what God wants to do in this church, in your family, in your relationships. 
Here's what God just put in my heart. Number one, turn your attention to what he has done for you already. Get an attitude of gratitude. I can't preach this enough because it's the foundation of everything else. The Bible says that we enter, enter, that's the entrance, that's the intro into his presence. It's gratitude. It's gratefulness. Become aware of the gifts he has placed inside of you. Start to realize the love the Father has towards you. Start to realize what he's already done. Turn your attention. Number two, give. Give your gift away. I can't enhance this or highlight it enough, but when you start to serve others, you start to love yourself. When you start to give of your time, give of your talent, give of your treasure, you start to realize how much God has blessed you. Give something away and let the Holy Spirit lead you to those people around you. Sometimes it's the hardest people to love. Sometimes it's, it looks like the detour person. Sometimes it looks like the, the person that you weren't supposed to run into that day. It's like, my Monday started out because, you know, it's like, but that person might be the person that God placed inside your path for that reason. And so, Lord, help us to turn our attention to what you've put inside of us. Help us to give the gift away to someone that the Holy Spirit leads us to, not who we want to give it to. Lord, lead us to the people you want us to do. And the third thing is connect with someone deeper. Now I'm talking about connection. I'm talking about depth in relationship. And I'm challenging myself with this. I need to go deeper. I need to go deeper. Deeper with some friendships. I need to go deeper with some men. Come on, some guys, some brothers. I need to go deeper. I'm too shallow. I need to go deeper. Deeper in family. And I'm gonna encourage you, if you're not signed up for a group, let this be a plug. Dive into a group. That's why we have them. Because we need depth. We need depth. We don't need shallow living. We need depth with people. And but connect not only with people, connect with God. Let me encourage you, if, you're, if your relationship with God is cold, let me encourage you to do the things you once did. And if you don't know even what that is, you're like, I've never had a relationship with God. That's okay. Hey, jump into a relationship with someone who's been there and walk alongside. Ask questions. Go deeper. Go deeper. Don't settle. We talked about last week, don't compromise for powerless living. Don't compromise for a life without Holy Spirit, for a life without Jesus. That is an empty life and it's a powerless life and you're gonna grow weary. You're gonna burn out. Let the Holy Spirit fill you with power. Let Jesus lead us to what he has. So turn your attention, give your gift and connect deeper. And I'm convinced that when we grow together, when we grow as the body of Christ, the Lord can use this body. The Lord can use Change Church. The Lord can use Change Church to reach this community. He can reach it to reach these schools. He can use it to reach your workplace. It's an easy bridge for people to meet Jesus. I want to pray as we worship together. and everybody stand across this room. Let's stand together. And I want to end just by praying that the Lord would reveal to us people in our lives he wants us to give our gift away to. All right? Because I believe that this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, are all going to be opportunities for God to reveal his love through you. And we're going to hear some stories. 
We're going to hear some stories of generosity. We're going to hear stories of healing. We're going to hear stories just of encouragement being given, hope restored. But it all starts with awareness. So can we all across this room just pray, Lord, would you show us, show us the people in our lives that, Lord, we are to serve. We are to give our gift away. Lord, you reminded us today of our gifts. You reminded us today that you've deposited something great inside of us. But it's not just so we hold it tight. It's so that we open our hands and give it away. You've given us the gift of the Holy Spirit so that that power can not only stay in us, but flow through us. And so, Lord, awaken us. Awaken your church to be alive to the mission on our lives. Come on, can you make that sincere from your heart today? Lord, awaken my heart and spirit woo, to be fired up for your mission. Break us for the lost. Break us for each other. Remind us to love one another well. Remind us to encourage one another well. And even today, God, I pray for the men. I pray for the men of this church. I pray for the men of this city that they would rise up and become father figures. They become fathers to those around them. That even if they're not physical, they become spiritual leaders. They become those that stand in the gap. We cover our men today. And I pray that you would raise them up as a standard against the enemy's plan. A standard against what the enemy's trying to do in the next generation. But that we would have strong men who would stand secure in your word. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, can we just pray together as we worship? Can you just lean in and say, Lord, fan into flame? Come on, we want revival. We want revival in our hearts. We want revival in our lives. We want revival at our workplaces. It starts in us. It starts in us. Come on, let's worship him in these last moments together.